Okay. Ready? We'll do. A, let's do one, two, three, four, five, and then clap on six. Okay. But do. But you got to do the ands. One and two and three and four. That. Yes. And then we'll clap five and and clap on six. Yep. Okay. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Together, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Nope. Here we go. Okay. One and two and three and four and five and. Oh, I forgot to clap. God damn it, really? Hey, everybody, welcome to I'm Okay, You're Okay, I'm Not Okay, You're Not Okay. With me, Bob Schneider, and your other host, Clint Wells. You're welcome. All right. Hey, welcome, everybody, to the show. Uh, It's been a long time. Uh, It's good to talk to you again. I'm sure a lot's happened since last we spoke. (laughs) This is like the new Mr. Rogers the, the, Hello, welcome to our house. <laughs> we're two, we're two s- single men, two men in a out. yeah, two men in our house. Welcome to our house. We wear pastel cardigans. We change our shoes. We have inside shoes and outside shoes. Much I like- have in, I I have inside shoes. Really? Yeah, I wear Crocs in the house. All, that's all I do is Crocs, wear Crocs in, but not, but not. Not the old school. Like my Crocs look like kind of cool, like beige sort of something like a hippie would wear. I got them at some rock show. And you say that's and that's cool, huh? Well, it's no. I don't wear them outside of the house. You're like mine are cool. Mine are cool. They're like the kind of hippie would wear. They're beige. They got holes in them. They look yeah. They look comfy, and uh, they are comfy. And I wear them around the house. With a pair of sweatpants and a t-shirt, and I feel that, real, real good. You're rocking like, I that rock life, dude. I wish I had the balls to fucking wear this shit to the goddamn airport and get on a motherfucking plane. Every time I see somebody in line in sweat in a full sweatsuit at the airport, <laughs> I'm like, God damn, this dude's a motherfucking genius. Because guess what I'm wearing? The tightest pants in the world, and yeah. I get in that seat, and everything's fucking pinching and. And fucking pulling and smushing and fucking digging into my shit. I know, but I I subscribe Ugh. I subscribe to the philosophy of look show ready, be show ready. I've always <laughs> do, done it. Dude. I've always you done like it. to be show ready while you're sleeping, <laughs> dude. I often in my drunk bus days fall asleep in all my show clothes, including cowboy boots, including two jackets, and including a fucking hat and and, sun- and sunglasses and, and, and sleep. And all my skull rings, and then I'm like cutting my face at night because my rings have skulls and fucking demon wings on them, and they're fucking cutting into my forehead and shit. But goddamn, when we stop, but when, when the, I get out of that, the, when I'm at that at pilot, the flying J, you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I need people. I just crave people asking me if I'm famous so I can uh, go down my own personal horrible rabbit hole and say no. Yeah. Oh my god, are you famous? No. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. That's always fun. I have I have reached a certain age, though, where the question of, like, are you in a band has started to actually kind of offend me. Why? I don't know, because it's just... I don't... I mean, I'm a dad. I don't dress like Guns N' Roses. I wear jeans and a jean jacket, and my hair looks cool, and I have an eyebrow ring, all right? If, everyone doesn't have to ask me if I'm in a fucking band. I, I consider it uh, profiling. And I don't like Bob. <laughs> Do you look like you're in a band? 
Like if anybody were to see you, they'd go, that guy's in a band. Like what else would you be? You're not working in a fucking bank. You're not a dental assistant. Yeah, all those things are true. I'm not a high, I'm, not, I'm not a dental hygienist. That's true. I find it, I find it weird that everybody kind of dresses whatever part they are in our society. Like, if you're an artist, you dress like an artist. If you're a businessman, you dress like like. Very seldom do you see somebody who's one thing dressing like something else. Yeah, it's that, so weird. It's true, but I think maybe you got it in reverse order. It's not like you're the thing and then you dress like the thing. You dress the way you are, and then you do the thing that you naturally would have done. It's like it's weird. It's like a weird reversal of that. Oh, I want to be a dentist. Well, what do dentists wear? Oh, do I have to wear this now because I chose to be a dentist. Well, it's weird if you're an artist. Like if you're an artist and you think like, oh, I'm a creative person. I'm 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 an artist. I'll do what I want. But you're not really doing what you want. You're fucking wearing the regulation fucking uniform of the fucking artist. What is that in your mind's eye? Tight jeans, fucking some shitty ass boots that got that are scuffed up, and a fucking belt and a fucking rocked t shirt and a right, jean jacket right. with some pins on it, and your hair's all fucked up and whatever, and a hat probably. If your head's small enough for a hat, you mine's know, not. You know, what I, was I got about, a big head. I was thinking last night. I was. I've been. I I rewatched Godfather one and two, and uh, I really appreciate how they're always dressed nice. Like even if they're kind of having a casual meeting at the house. Like, even when Michael went to go visit Fredo, after he knows Fredo tried to have him killed. Right. And Fredo is laying in this chair, and he's got his hand over his eyes, and he just wants Michael to forgive him, and he doesn't know what's going to happen. And basically, Michael's waiting for their mother to die before Fredo is out of here. And even in that situation, Fredo's got his shirt tucked in, he's got a tie on, he's got a nice jacket on. I just appreciate that they were always dressed nice. What is that? Yeah. Like that tidying up Japanese chick that that we've talked about before on the show, oh, My Wife's Way Into Her. One of her things chick. is, even if you're doing stuff around the house, wear an outfit that makes you feel good that you look nice in. So Isabel has been like wearing blazers, like kind of casual, cool looking blazers around the house. Not really work blazers, but just she's just been looking nice around the house. Wow. And I, I feel like that's been really kind of cool. Yeah. I still, wife, I still, I still look like I'm in a band. Like. What is she? Guess what like? my wife looks like. She's beautiful. I'm sure she looks beautiful. She looks like she's starring in the Florida Project too. <laughs> she, she basically <laughs> looks like a meth addict who's 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 who just who's not doing too bad. Uh, who's you know functioning the functioning Florida meth Project. addict. Jesus, the Willem Dafoe film. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's what she she's not watching. Tide. She hasn't seen an episode of Tidying Up yet. But I love that show. It's there's something really calming about it. The way that chick talks is like oh, I just it's, want to hear that all my life. It's the one flaw though of the show. Like after watching several of these in a row with my wife, because there was something sort of hypnotic about it, and maybe even like truly life changing. I think it may be really be helping people, but. The translator part, like she can't speak English part. It's real. That's that part's real fucked up. It's a real Why? awkward, cumbersome part of the show. Because you got to hear she talks, and then they have to they have the chick translating it, and then they're overdubbing dialogue, and it's just a clunky part of that show. Ah, uh, your house is messy. We need to clean it up now. Uh, I, love, I need to use I, I need to use your toilet. Is that where did you learn Japanese, by the way? Uh, this morning. <laughs> it's amazing. It's like uh, without Japan. an accent. Uh, <laughs> 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 Arigato. 
<laughs> Dude, your Japanese is 100% flawless. It's there's no cultural appropriation here. This is legitimate Japanese. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I speak it fluently. And, uh, I'm amazed. <laughs> I like how it's like the the delicate chick, and then it's like a like deep ninja arigato. Arigato. <laughs> I could listen to that all day long. By the way, just you, just you doing her accent all day long, like yeah. that. Like my my wife listens to the is it ASMR? What's that thing where they fucking tap shit? Ugh, I hate it. Like, oh, I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? It's a big YouTube thing where like people eat stuff next to the mic or they whisper in your ear and they tap 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 tap. tap oh my god, that sounds horrible. That sounds like being in a, a sensory deprivation tank or something. That sounds like a mind Dude, fuck. She listens to it for hours at night sometimes. I'm like, quit listening to that and just go to sleep. Is it, like, meant, no, is it meant I, to I put you to, to sleep? go to sleep. Oh, okay, I got you, got you. No, people use it to like quell their anxiety or something, but it, it does the opposite of, for me. Like I don't, like anytime I hear like whispering or little noises, it it trips some I, weird sense. I literally, a chill went down my spine just now. Like that, yeah. that sounds like a nightmare to me. Oh, it's a nightmare. But having said that, her voice or even you doing her voice like really made me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put out an audio book of just nonsense. <laughs> Dude, I would fucking listen to hours of that. Like, what are you listening to? Oh, I'm just listening to Clint do a Japanese lady. You're like, remember Clint Wells? You're like, oh, the guy that used to, the songwriter guy used to play guitar with? Yeah, yeah. He made this sort of gibberish, fake Japanese, super racist-sounding, horrible thing. But goddamn if it isn't comforting, and it puts me to right to beddy bed. He's a huge, he's got over five, five million subscribers on <laughs> right? YouTube. It's him and the it's him and the guy that plays <laughs> plays fucking uh, what is the game the kids play Minecraft. What if and then you just started dressing like that lady? Yeah, well then I become her, and then I am her. <laughs> And you have all these like surgeries and stuff to become her. And then like years later, people see you and like, Clint, what happened? (laughs) I'd have to tell you in my new native language, which is, of course, uh, Japanese. Uh, okay, here's something. Got? Let's do some emails. We haven't done emails in a while. All right. Uh, well, let me, let me bring this up here. I haven't even, unless you, unless you want to talk about something else. Um, here is an email from Aurelian Moreau. It says, hello there. Well, first of all, the subject says, I'm okay. Well, we'll be the judge of that. <laughs> although You're I'm sure okay. although I'm, <laughs> I'm sure he is. And I recognize Aurelian from my uh, Metallica podcast. He says, hello there. A short mail to let you know that I really dig the podcast. The topics are more than unexpected, but so far they relate in a way or another to me. Speaking of the last episode, I have a nine-year-old son who still believes in Santa Claus, and I kind of feel that I betray him and do not respect his intellect. We should definitely have a father-son discussion, and I will go with the Clint way for my recently born twin son daughter. Hey, all right. Changing lives. No, I disagree. I did. I changed his life. You can't disagree with that. His life no, is I, different now. Yeah, but I'm... Uh, I don't know. I mean, all right, I... I get what you're saying, and I, I I know how it relates to my life. Like I was upset about it when I found out there was no Santa Claus, and the and then also in the same way about religion. Like when I found out, oh, this my this is probably made up. I mean, it's 100 percent made up, but um, I get it. But then part of me like wonders, like maybe it's good to kind of believe in a God that pays attention to what you're doing and there's an afterlife and stuff because I, 
there's a lot of like uh, comfort in that. You know, e- even when you reject it, now it's it's, in fa- there. it's false comfort though. False comfort is harmful. But fa- f- false comfort is still comfort. Like I find a lot of like because I was raised, you know, really religiously. I have this feeling that there's an afterlife that I will always have with me. Now, as far as like religious dogma, like none of that means anything to me. And it's all, it seems all fabricated and, and, and made up, but But it's like taking medicine. That's not making you better, but it is making me better because false comfort is still comfort. So I have this comforting idea that when I die, I'm going that that's won't be the end. And I find that comforting. Like something about that. But now what that is, I don't know, but I have that in me now. And and some people find it comforting that when life ends, that'll be it. And it'll be night, night forever. And that's comforting. Well, here's the deal though. Here's the, I mean, I get all that. I understand that. And I'm in some way sympathetic to that, but I want to let my kid make her own decision. If she wants to grow up and as an intelligent woman, which she will be, decide I, I choose to believe in A, B, or C, whatever gods are on offer, whatever explanations about surviving death, that's fine. I'm, as her parent, who my job is to tell her the truth about the world and prepare her for the world, which will fucking try to grind her down. My job is to tell her the truth. So I'm not going to, because she's looking to me, she'll ask me, is ice cream healthy? No, baby, ice cream is real bad for you. We should only eat that on special occasions. Um... Uh, Kara at school says that I'm not a good singer. Is she right? No, she's not right. She doesn't know what a good singer is. You guys are four years old. Don't worry about that. Um, is Jesus real? Mm, no, it's a story people tell. <laughs> because what, I'm going to lie about that? I got to tell well, her the truth about everything, dude. She's looking yeah, to me yeah. for that. If she grows up and is like, you know what? Facing death is too horrible for me. And I've, I've heard about some interesting ideas that maybe you can survive death if you believe in G- that Jesus lived 2,000 years ago and that he's God's son, but he's still God. And God had to kill his own son to save the world, even though he is him. Uh, he couldn't just decide to forgive the world. He had to kill his own son and all this bloodshed. And they actually had to torture him first, too. And it's kind of this blood cult. And anyway, I'm going to believe in that now because that makes me feel good. Well, she can do that later. Well, here's the thing. Whatever you teach her now, she is going to decide later what she wants to believe. So yeah. if you teach her about the blood cult early and she decides that's not for me, then she's still going to make that decision. She's more likely to think critically about it if I give her the tools to think critically than if I say, most people believe in a religion because it's what their parents taught them. You can't be- You can't believe in a religion you've never heard of. That's why the sort of universal truth of Christianity is just fucking ridiculous to me because someone born in a part of the world that never heard of Jesus aren't going to know about Jesus or believe in Jesus. They've never heard of it. They're going to believe in whatever indigenous religion uh, is pertinent to their culture. So it's it's you telling them that it's true. That's not necessarily true. I mean, you have missionaries all the time that go in and go, hey, uh, there's this thing that you guys might not know about called Jesus. Check it out. And they're like, Ooh, this is cool and different. We've never heard of this. It's like a new fashion or something. And then they buy into it because it's new. Just like, I don't know, but there is this, I will say that, that you kind of have to get a lot of it. If you're, I'm not going to say that anyways. We just launched right in here. Didn't we? Oh, there's more, there's more, there's more email. There's more yeah, email. Yeah, let's, let's do the email. Getting back to the podcast, I hope that you will speak about the music industry from time to time. I'm a music lover, but don't know any professional musicians. Hearing and getting insight about the reality of your work would be really interesting. E.g., have you ever encountered writer's block? Is it hard to write songs for others? To which extent streaming services are good or bad for you? 
Uh, he says, Clint does it especially during his radio episodes, but I want more. Anyway, just cover and discuss what you want. It'll be fine. Keep up the good work. Best regards, Aurelian. So let's get to, let's that, let's take some of these questions down. So hearing and getting insight about the reality of your work would be interesting. Have you ever encountered writer's block? That's a good question for you. Uh, no. I mean, here's, yeah, okay. The answer is yes, I have. But only... The few times that I've decided that I'm go- I have to write a great song. So here's an example of writer's block for me. So uh, years ago, we decided, like, I, so I have this song game, and the way it works is we come up with a phrase, and you have to incorporate the phrase in the song. And the phrase can be anything. Like, it's been, like, nonsense things like Goomanima or Sons of Ralph, or it could be, like, Face the Sun uh, or Head in the Clouds or whatever it is you have to put the phrase in the song. So years ago, we, we decided that me and a bunch of white songwriters, uh, we're going to use the N word in the, in the song. That was going to be the phrase. So we're going to have to incorporate that in our song. So here's what all of us decided that we had to do. If we're going to use that word in the song, we've got to write like the song that's going to end racism or something. We've got to write the great song if that's going to be in the song. And what ends up happening when you try to write the great song or the, you know, the thing that's going to really stand out, you end up being too critical when you're, when you're writing and it just stops you in your tracks. Cause really what you want to be doing when you're writing or when you're creating anything is you want to be playing. You just want to be having fun, being silly and then when you do that, it's easy because everything that you come up with, every idea that you that you think of is valid because you're just having fun and being silly. And so you can write forever doing that. The only thing that stops you from writing is the critical part of your brain, which is like, oh, that's stupid. That's silly. That's not good. Nobody's going to like that. And when you're trying to write a great song, that part rises up and stops you dead. So uh, the, the, the funny part of the story or not funny part of the story is all the guys that participated that time ended up writing like nobody wrote the great song that ended up racism. In fact, everybody kind of wrote the most fucked up racist songs ever. Like they were just like, they kind of went the other way. They're like, well, I, I'm not being able to write anything. So I'm just going to write something stupid. And everybody ended up writing stupid kind of racist shit. That's that never saw the light of day. I remember one of the phrases one time was black guys and I was having, well, it was, it was actually, it was black girls. No, um, it was, I, well, let me finish the story because there's no way it was that when you hear the end of the story. Well, it was either where the black stars hang. I think that's what it was. Well, there was one called black guys and was, I, I, uh, I well, just right. let me finish the goddamn story. <laughs> I think it was black girls. Cause I have a song called black girls. <sighs> All okay. right, go ahead. Can I finish the story? Yes. My way around that was I wrote a song called Black Ice that was about hitting a patch of black ice and being in a car crash. But it sounds like black guys. Well, the phrase was black eyes. Black eyes? It was actually black eyes peas. <laughs> well, this one's the award for best moment of the podcast so far. By it was far. actually, it was, the phrase was black guys peas on the ice. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> I'm just going to crank you up and let you go. You are really striking gold. There's gold in All them right. hills. All right, go ahead. To which extent stream, do, are streaming services good or bad for musicians? They're bad. Bad. They're real bad. Real bad. 
I mean, they're great yeah. if you're Taylor Swift. They're great, if you, they're great if you want access to all the music in the world and you want to pay some Swedish company 15 bucks a month. They're wonderful. If I you're don't, the Swedish company or you're a person. I don't think having access to all the music in the world for an extremely low premium, meaning fucking free, by the way, is really good for anyone. I don't think it's good for the consumer either. You're never going to care about something, anything, no matter what it is. You're never going to care about it as much as if you have to pay something for it. You have to give something for it. Well, so people went from when people went from buying a ten dollar record, like even if they had to take a chance on it, even if they only had a budget to buy one record a month, they would take a chance on shit, or they would hear, "Oh, Bob Dylan loves Woody Guthrie. I'm going to buy that." Oh, I saw whoever Lily Hyatt open up for Bob Schneider at the Brooklyn whatever the fucking Brooklyn club. I'm going to take a chance on that record. Now you went from that in a matter of like five years to literally access to every bit of music ever created. And let's include all the podcasting and all the content that's available now. It's so crazy how much stuff you can listen to. Like, if somebody is listening to this, they're not listening to Taylor Swift right now. Right. They're not listening to their favorite it's, artists. They're it's kind of gotten to us, to a, bullshit. It's gotten to a point where you're kind of a weirdo if you don't have a podcast. <laughs> everyone, I feel like everyone has a podcast now. Well, and content, they do. And content is just a torrential waterfall. Yeah, and people, I mean, people can't even finish listening to a three-minute song. I mean, I'm noticing that a lot. People can't even listen to a whole song. Well, I have a I have a podcast called The Song Club where it's just me talking about these songs. And when I play the songs, I don't play the whole song. I mean, I know nobody wants to listen to a whole song That's on crazy. this podcast, so I, I play like maybe a third of it or a quarter of it that because sucks. I know. I basically just play it until I start getting tired of it, and then I turn it off because I'm like, well, the listener's definitely going to be tired of the, hearing this song by now. I do a radio show, and I play the full song. I know. Yeah, I've listened to it, and I, I don't think you should do that. I think you should only play part of the song. I will never, ever, ever do that, ever. Sometimes well, my favorite part of the song is the bridge or the outro. The t- I, I will never do that. I'll never fucking do that. I don't know why well, you do it to your beautiful songs. You should play the whole fucking thing as no, it was written. They, no, they, people get... They get to download the song, so if they want to listen to the whole song, they can listen to it anytime they want. I just think when I'm doing my podcast, I'm like, I'm not going to make somebody listen to this whole song. It's like me, like, hey, let me play you this song, and then you got to listen to the whole song. That's rude. I'm not, I'm not forcing anyone to listen to shit. They can skip it if they want. I'm making it available. I'm creating, an, uh, I'm creating a ride for someone to get on. I'm not strapping them in. Well... A th- three minute I'm, ride's a long ride in, in in today's world. Well, I'm I, I reject that, and I'm I'll be the last fucking guy fighting it. And I'm the guy on our tour bus being like, "Can everyone just shut the fuck up and listen to this for a second? I don't care if it sounds annoying. Can we do those voices that we did on that one show where we we're talking about the doggies? Honey, my dog Lucius just loves it when I play a whole song, all three and a half minutes of a song. Oh, I just I oh I love to listen to the whole song there because. Uh, Sometimes the best parts there, right, right at the end there, and uh, I, I love it. But but lots of times I get real bored. I need your attention spans, but not. <clears throat> I think I have to say the word doggy every once in a while to actually do this accent right. Because well, if I don't, if I don't say the word doggy, then I kind of lose the accent. Honey, I completely agree. My my trigger words are honey and dog. And once I say, and I even created a fake dog named Lucius. That's my dog. And I love Lucius and me and Lucius go on trips together to, to Coney Island with honey, please, with my dog. I love that. I love your Lucius dog. Uh, it's got the... What's your dog's name? I don't have a dog. 
<laughs> my dog died, unfortunately. Uh, and Some- I, it was so it was so heartbreaking when I lost my dog. I was like, oh, I'm gonna have to get another dog, but I was too I was too distraught. Occasionally, so I, pe- honey, I occasionally people get a completely new dog that looks exactly like their old dog, yeah. and they name it. I'm getting also a lot of scratching noises again over there, honey. But the dog, <laughs> they named their dog. <laughs> Uh, it's a uh, lot of hissing and scratching and white noise sounding things coming through. Uh, dude, I almost I almost passed out. I'm serious. I almost passed out right now. I don't know what just happened, but I did some weird laugh thing and pressurized brain thing because I was trying not to shit myself. <laughs> like I was, I was like, I think I'm going to shit myself. So I had to close everything up at the bottom. And then I had this laugh coming out, and I was like, oh, I'm about to pass out. I almost fucking passed out on that. Oh, my God. I may have had a mini stroke. <laughs> you, had to Good cl- God. you had to close everything up in the bottom. <laughs> Dude, I just was like, oh, shit, I'm going to start shitting myself. Oh. oh, God. Oh, Lord. Well, okay. Uh, Let's see. We've got another email here. One more. I, I'm not feeling good. <laughs> I might have had too much coffee. I think I might have had too much coffee there. Honey, just like Lucius, he had too much coffee and he had to close up everything at the bottom. Yeah. Have you tried that Chantix? <laughs> oh, man. I haven't quit smoking, but man, I, I've been having some visions. Honey, I still smoke two and, a half, two and a half packs a day, but I chew nicotine like it's going out of style, honey. Well, you should add some Chantix to that mix. Uh, consider it done. <laughs> I've already pe- right. I've already penciled it and inked it into the calendar <laughs> with my dog. Oh good. Oh good. All right. Uh, let's. Uh, do we have more emails? One more email from Chad Pollock. Another metal up your podcast. A lot of the metal up your podcast people are coming and hanging out with us over here. It's pretty cool. Oh good. He says a buddy of mine had this in his sketchbook, and it made me think of you two. Keep up the fun times. The podcast is light and enjoyable. Chad Pollock, Boise, Idaho, and it's a picture of. It's a very strange picture. I can't even describe. Actually, it's a very psychedelic picture, but it says I'm not okay on it. <laughs> I believe I believe you. <laughs> I'm not making. That I'm part not gonna. Of it. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna argue with you on that one. Oh, good. Well, thank God we can avoid that argument. Uh, Ryan Adams is releasing three albums this year. Okay. What do you, what do you think about that? Don't care. <laughs> uh, I have some things to tell you about him that I think you're going to really like to hear, but I'm not going to oh, say. Him, I'm not going to say him on the show. Oh, because you're such a huge fan of his. Uh, things have changed. I've uh, some friends of mine have been playing in his band. You're going to want to hear some of this. And uh, oh, why can't we talk about that? That big, sounds great. Is it in the place for it, man? All right. Anyway, I will say this about him. He's, he's a great songwriter. Some, he's uh, he has written some fantastic songs. Yeah, I will. I will grant him that. You like the "Come Pick Me Up" song? That's not even one of my favorites. Well, that's a great song, but uh, he's written some other. Just fantastic songs. I I just have some I have some problems. Mainly, most of my problems with Ryan Adams stem from the fact that he's much more famous. He gets way more credit for being a songwriter than I do. So it's just envy. I have it's bitterness and envy. Really, that's my main problem with him. If I was more famous than him, if I was you know people loved me more than him, then I would be like, oh, he's great, and I wouldn't have any problems. Hmm. I track with that. I I think that's a I think that's a normal struggle for an artist to 
to compare kind of where you are with where someone else is and what you think should have happened or should be happening with you, and then you sort of project that onto them, and then you can't really enjoy their output because that's just all that shit's in the way. Right or wrong, it's just there in the way. Well, but there are people that are much more famous than I am, but they are their music touches me in a way where I'm like, well, that's just truly outstanding and great. And I can't argue with it. And I love that. Like whenever I hear that, I'm like, oh, I I love being transported and hearing something that makes me feel great about being a human being. It's hard when it's hard when you feel like they're your peers. Like for me, for me, the people that are just obviously not peers of mine, like Paul Simon or Randy Newman, there's, there's no problem there. It's great. They're, they're the best at what they do. When I feel like it's someone my age, like kind of in my same lane, right. that, that are whether it's a guitar player or a, another like commercial songwriter like I do, someone who's getting cuts or getting number ones who I feel like is kind of like younger than me or doing exactly what I'm doing but more successfully, it's hard for me to look at that objectively and enjoy it for what it is because I have all this other ego shit blocking me from it. Well, <clears throat> what, what ends up happening for me at least is like the part of my brain – kicks in where it's like oh this guy's competition for my like if i don't kill this guy then he's going to mate with the woman and i'm gonna die off my and and i have to kill this person uh in order for me to survive that's the feeling is i have to kill him and of course i'm not going to physically kill ryan adams so what i'm going to do is i'm gonna say i'm gonna throw shade on him i'm like yeah that guy sucks or whatever and basically, it's like sort of metaphorically killing him so that I can survive. And it's something that I do subconsciously and I'm not really even aware of. And then I have to break it down and go, well, why do I care? Because this guy's like really talented and he's good at what he does. Why, is, why am I getting so upset about it? And it's because that part of my brain, that survival part of my brain kicks in. Well, and you know, I, honestly, I think that's good. I like I... <clears throat> There's some sort of middle ground because when you see someone else doing work and when it puts that kind of fire in you, that's there's good sauce in there. And when well, it's, it's it's like the lion on the Serengeti when when you know when it's like a lion that looks like you and you guys are the same size, you're gonna fucking fight it out. But when the motherfucker comes, who's like way bigger than both of you guys, and just shows up and he's fucking beautiful and young and powerful, you're like, well, that's the fucking lion right there, and both. The uh, you know you and whoever else are like yeah that's well, the dude well then you're you te- not fighting that guy you team up with that lion that was your enemy for a minute and you guys kill that lion then you become enemies again no you, you no you don't do that you're, you just you go that's the lion and that guy is the lion until he gets too old the, the, like the, uh, no I agree like like, like Paul uh, Simon or something and then you're like fuck that guy he's too old now he's not writing those and then they're on their deathbed and you maybe take a pillow in there yeah, maybe you sure, speed up you the take- process. For sure, you do that. I'm just saying the whole like be at peace, brother. With I, th- I think I think the whole hippie like d- dissolve your ego. Fuck that. There's some of that's good, and some of that's what you need to make great work. You just got to find a way where it's not poisoning you and inhibiting you from getting to work. Because sometimes you'll see something so good and you get so down about yourself that it just sort of immobilizes you. That's bad. But the, when you look at the other line, and you're like, fuck. I'm not gonna let that guy have everything. I'm not gonna let him have every fucking zebra out here. I'm gonna go get some zebras of my own, bitch. That's good sauce. Well, he'll share the zebra with you, just like little Lucius there, that little dog. Honey, had. if there's plenty of zebra to go around for my dog, please, honey, he hasn't eaten in, t- in t- 17 minutes. I don't know if we got to everything, but we're done once again. We've gotten to the end of this damn show. Bob has another uh, podcast called 
Bob Schneider's Song Club. Go check it out. I have a Metallica podcast called Metal Up Your Podcast. You, you'll probably like it even if you don't listen to Metallica. More importantly, you need to go, if you like the show, our show I'm talking about, I'm okay, you're okay, I'm not okay, you're not okay, go leave us a positive review on iTunes, like and subscribe, all that stupid shit that we all do every day. Clickety-click your way over there. And you can email us at bobandclint at gmail.com. Anything else? I got nothing. Anything else for the podcast? <laughs> I'm I'm dry over here. Everything's dry. Again. Everything's dry and tight. Again, noted. Got it. Anything for the podcast though? <laughs> no. We're good. <laughs> All right. Peace. Bye. Bye.